this stuff be bussing. For real, for real? you said that for real. I was for like, real. so, so millennial. Just you can hear it in your voice. <laughs> this stuff be. <laughs> I can't say the word that they actually say. <laughs> Yo, this stuff be bussing. Um, That's my favorite way of saying that, though, is without any enthusiasm. I say that to my actual like the the kids I work with. When they're like, yo, check this out. And I'm like, wow, that's bussing. <laughs> they always get a laugh out of it. They're like, stop mocking my generation. I'm like, no. <laughs> I, y'all I weird. <laughs> I refuse. We said, what's up? Holland. I don't know what else, honestly. Yeah, yeah what we said. Dude. Cool. Cool a lot. Awesome. We did say cool a lot. Um. Swag. Well, swag was like high school, right? Like, didn't that mm. kind of happen while we were in high school? Swag. Swag. Yeah. <laughs> swag. <clears throat> no, you said it wrong, though. It used to it was swag. Swag. No, I don't no. remember having to say it any particular way. <laughs> I do remember going have... to college and then finding out that swagging was actually a um, like there's a type of machine. That makes you know how like tubes are made with a little floaty mm. dowel thing. That process is called swagging. Oh man, there's professional swaggers. Yeah, it's like it. I have it. It's in. It's in. Dog. I think I still have that textbook too. Right. So I, I literally have the book dog. on swag. <laughs> <laughs> what about dog. what about drip? Did we have drip, or was that after us? I think drip was after us. Oh man, the drip? That was like that wasn't even more than like five, six years ago, I feel. Yeah. The drip is fresh. I'm too old. <laughs> Bruh. Fresh is probably a closer word. <laughs> yeah, fresh but has been around back for, a, for a minute. Fresh is like a nineties term. <laughs> that's fresh. Yo, that's fresh to death, bro. Catch you later, man. <laughs> Welcome to the A for No, B for Yes podcast, the Legend of Zelda themed podcast where we go chapter by chapter through the game. Currently diving into Breath of the Wild, this is our finale episode. And as such, I am Ryan Fonzie, a ancient motorcycle. (laughs) I'm co-host Cameron Haggie and I'm a vitamin. A vitamin, bro. I'm a vitamin. And my name is Anthony. And I'm mad steezy, bruh. Whoa. All right. Yeah. Bring the steez, my guy. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Guys, we made it to the end. This is our finale. Our final. This is the last of an 18-episode run of Breath of the Wild. <laughs> The final frontier. 
just barely made it, my guys. Honestly, I finished this game like a few weeks ago because I wanted to give some space before Tears of the Kingdom. Uh, so I'm not up to date on the exact play-by-play, -play, but lucky for us, this is not a long section of the game. The yeah. finale is pretty quick. It goes fast, it goes hard, and then it's, it's done. It's epic. <laughs> what did you guys do to prep for this? Can I ask you that? Like any, any final preparation that you did before you went into the castle town? Or straight to the oh, castle. Yeah, I got my amiibo armors looking mad defensive. <laughs> okay. I went to the, I visited the great fairies and pumped them up a few levels. The one armor that I did use required star fragments, so that was luckily I had two already, but that was kind of scary. When I saw that, my heart dropped, and I was like, I really want to wear this armor, but I don't know if I have star fragments. Um, but yeah, I got my armor upgraded for sure, and my inventory was already looking kind of nice, you know, because the Amiibos. But... Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I definitely was rocking pretty much, at least the armor I wanted to use, uh, it, was, it was full on upgraded, so I had, I had to make sure. Like, I was like, I don't want to test Master Quest Ganon. Sure. I get that. Yeah, Master Quest Ganon's got to be, like, real rough. Right? I mean, I mean, I, I hit him pretty constantly, so I don't think he'd be getting health back, but I'm wondering how much, like, more constant he is. Like, is he more aggressive in Master Quest? No, it's the same move pool. It's just the health back thing. Gotcha. That's it. My uh, preparation was booting up a game I haven't touched in a year and a half to two years and teleporting right to the castle. Right. Went, went right to a different save file. Yep. Oh, goodness. I um I went into the castle town with uh, sneak gear. But um but when I got towards the end, I think I swapped back out to like the tunic of the wild just to try to do it with style. It didn't really work out. I think I ended up finishing the fight wearing something different. So uh I might have even switched out before I got there, but I think my intent was I wanted this to all look appropriate, and then I ran into some stuff in the castle that I had to like I was like, This is impractical. <laughs> I need to <laughs> switch back to something more realistic. Um took a Took a, a detour out to make some hearty foods. Um, and I spent whatever I could to get more ancient arrows from the ancient tech lab up in Akala. So I, I went in there with like 50 some odd ancient arrows just on deck. Uh, I forgot to do that. Forgot, oh forgot that I had them until like the last stretch though. Like didn't – I was just sneaking through not using oh. them. And then I was like, you know what? I, I made all these arrows specifically for this purpose. I think what I did is I, I went into, like, the central square, like, the castle town, right? Um, and I, I was using them. I was using all the ancient arrows. I wanted to clear out the town so I could, like, just explore that space because I've never walked around all those buildings before. Um, but then once I got, like, past the castle wall, like, the main entrance there, after that, uh, once I was in the castle, I forgot to use them until the end. Where I was just getting harassed by guardians on that last stretch. I was like, you know what? <laughs> You're all getting zapped. Game over. Uh, what path did you guys take in 
Like, which way did you guys go? Did you sneak in from the moat, or did you actually go through Castletown? I went through a part of it. So I teleported to an, a shrine that was very close to it, that was like just to the bottom, or just to the southwest of the floating castle. Ran up on the black, like, uh, one of those those giant things that are shooting up over the castle. The calamity what would you spike. call those? Yeah, yeah, the giant calamity spikes. I got as far up on one as I could and used Rivali's Guild to get across and then run inside. And ran throughout the castle a little bit. I ended up finding three ancient arrows in a chest behind a bombable wall, as nice. well as a royal claymore, an edge of duality, uh, some bows that I didn't want. I also found five bomb arrows when I didn't go there with any in my inventory, so that was nice. And then after that, I yeah. ran. I found an area to run out, going up and out. I think I was in like the guards' room at one point. Was one of the rooms I was in. And the that general was area, cool. Sorry, especially if you found... have a DLC. <clears throat> Go ahead. And then I ran up a spiral staircase leading from there down a couple hallways and then uh, went up a went up a waterfall and then used your Valley's Guild to get up uh, another mountain level after that and was able to just run right into the castle from there and fight the boss. Nice. Yeah, I, Rivali's Guild was used quite a bit to just kind of avoid climbing too much. Uh, especially if you're in sight of the guardian turrets climbing's just real rough mm -hmm. mm. um one thing i mean just you you mentioned it the uh the guards chamber the guards house like that whole deal i think it's called the guards chamber um really cool so they have like their own little training room in there mm -hmm. um with you know i think there's some like zolfos and moblins up in that room and you can get some really nice gear um yep. i also found the uh like the Hyrule Knight, let's say DLC armor. I found, I think, the uh, the pants in that room. But I didn't find any of the other pieces. I don't remember. I really wanted to find the hat. Because the hat's pretty dope. It's got like the side beret thing. You know? Mm -hmm. um, but I didn't mm -hmm. find that. I think it's somewhere else in the castle. I just never got around to finding all the pieces. Um, but when I found the first piece, when I found the pants, I was like, oh, this is here now because of DLC. And then I never found any other pieces. I was like, well, that's <laughs> so disappointing. I found the chest piece in okay. the, I think it was the gatehouse. I don't remember which gatehouse, but it was one of the gatehouses I found the chest piece. But I didn't find what you found. So now I know. There's two gatehouses. The um... From what I remember, um, and this was the first time I went through them, and I was I was very surprised by what I found, and also very pleased by what I found, because it's actually really cool. Um, I don't know if you guys want to talk about that now or <laughs> what the gatehouses. Uh, so okay, oh. so let me let me go back. The first time I ever played this game, right? Didn't do them. I didn't do the gatehouses. I didn't. I uh, I think I went in through. I don't know if I came in through the docks. There's like a uh, like an underground like pool you can kind of swim into and and come in from the underground, work your way through the castle and kind of make your way up to Ganon that way. Um, and that's what I did. I think you come up, you end up in the library at some point, and you can escape out of the roof of the library, climb up, and get right to Ganon. Um, and that's what I did my first playthrough. This playthrough, I wanted to see more. 
so what I did is I literally just went right through the front door and followed the path up around the whole castle. Uh, oddly enough, the one place that doesn't take you is the docks. <laughs> like that's <laughs> a super detour that you don't need to take. Um, I did finish the shrine in there, but I did that a long time ago as well. So um, I think it's just like a major test of strength or something. Coming off the docks. Um, but if you follow the main path, it, it's actually a really cool um, little final uh, gauntlet that you get to run. Uh, if you just follow the the path up, um, you come around like a big cliff. There's a, you know there's guardians everywhere, but you go into that first gatehouse and it traps you inside with a Lionel. Like all the doors close and lock, and then a Lionel comes out. And you have, well, I think there might even be the Lionel in there just waiting already. But um, so it's like a it's like a mini room Lionel fight. Uh, and same for the second gatehouse, but you know that's like <laughs> kind of later on, closer to the top. Uh, so I think after I fought them, I don't, I, I must not have explored them very well. I think I was just too excited to keep it going. Uh, because I missed that chess piece that you're talking about, Ant. But it was very cool. Like, I thought it was all just guardians and, you know, whatever moblins and Lasalfos are inside. Um, but that's not true. There's actually Lionels in the castle as well, which. Oh, yeah. Was, uh, it was, it was pretty epic. <laughs> A hard thing for me was I found refuge with the Guardians because, to me, they were so much easier than the golden people sure. that are inside the castle and around the castle. Oh, goodness. It was, it was really tough. Like, I died, I think, more from these guys than any other time in the game. Yeah. Hands down. They were literally gold Lionels in both of the uh, the watchtowers. Well, I didn't go in the one watchtower, but I went in the second one, I think. That's because my path was straight through to the right. And then like oh, I went like okay. around like up the castle that way. Because the first time I beat the game, I went straight through the docks. Because I was like, this looks safe. Yeah. So... Yeah, when when you get to like the right side, especially like once you get past the second gatehouse, there's like this like little part of the castle. There's two or three, two or three golden moblins. I don't remember how many there were, but it was in this like room with like tables. Yeah, they they have a dining hall <laughs> up there. Yeah, yeah, it's got like it a, it's brutal. got food on the tables and stuff, and like a little. There's I think there's a fire pit in there you can cook as well. Um, so it's, it's cool. It's cool. Uh, like little world, world building set piece there. I found a different, totally random little cooking station that I cooked up all my bananas into two super attack boosting (laughs) foods. Nice. Nice. Yeah. If you, if you follow the path that's presented at the front gate, it'll take you clockwise. Like you'll go basically starting at six, you'll wrap around the whole castle uh, you'll go inside maybe twice, once through like a cave type area, once through the library. Um, and then on that last stretch, there is a, um, that dining hall and that's right before the second gatehouse, if you're still following the path. And then it's pretty much just guardian central until you get to the, to the main entrance. Um, so, uh, few other things to note 
Um, there is in the library, you can find the King's study, which is like King Rome's secret room. It's hidden behind a, um, a magnet wall. Have either guys seen this? He's got, he's got like a little nook under the stairs, basically. Um, it's cool. It's, uh, I actually pulled it up cause he has a journal. Like you can go in there there's like 300 rupees or something in, in one of the chests. Um, and then he has a journal sitting that. out. Yeah, it's there's a couple of Easter eggs because there's that, and then if you guys remember one of the the memories where um, Zelda also has a study in the castle, um, she has a journal as well, and then if you take that same bridge to get to her study back the other way, you can get into Zelda's room um, and like see her what her living quarters used to look like. Uh, it's interesting. It's the first time I ever saw her room. I didn't know that was there until this playthrough. Um, mm. but the, uh, the journals and stuff are pretty cool. It's like, it's one of like the only like lore based Easter eggs in the final castle, but it's cool because it, it does expand on their relationship. Both of them kind of talk about each other a bit. Um, so if you don't mind, I, it's, they're, they're long, but we don't really have a ton more to talk about this episode. So I was just going to outright read them if that's cool with y'all. Story time with fun. Story time. So King Rome's journal found in the library here. Uh, it says, Today, as the sun rose and a new day was born, my daughter too joined this sweet world. In keeping with the traditions of the royal family, I have decided to name her Zelda. I am not a man accustomed to frivolous musings, but now seems as good a time as any to begin my royal memorandum. And of course, that's what this is. Page two. Reports keep arriving regarding the excavation of relics. The fortune teller's predictions seem to be coming true. So a little little bit there. There's a fortune teller, apparently, that predicted a bunch of this stuff. Uh, who knows? Maybe we'll see that in Tears of the Kingdom. <laughs> Probably not, but who knows? Uh, Calamity Ganon was not a figure of fable or even a legend. He actually existed in our great land of Hyrule. We must investigate all the relics, learn as much as we can, but understanding the divine beasts alone will take time. Zelda's eyes lit up like wildfire when I told her about the relics. I must admit, she has a knack for research. Which already, I'm like, where was this? <laughs> like, where was this king in the memories? Because this guy's like, like, we need to know everything we can about these relics. Zelda has a knack for, for research. And then later, he's like knocking her for wanting to research. Uh, all right, page three. My queen has left this world. Her death was so sudden and unexpected. I awaken most nights unsure if she really is gone. Uh, Zelda never cried, never faltered, not even during the royal funeral or later when she and I were alone with our grief. I must assume her strength is a result of us repeatedly informing her of her duty to be a valiant and steady princess. For a child of merely six years of age, her conduct was truly that of a born leader. Her strength gives me hope. From now on, I must raise her all alone. Now only I remain to prepare her for her difficult future as Princess of Hyrule. Uh, that that kind of lines right up with what Urbosa was saying in her diary about the funeral. How Zelda was like super together through the whole thing somehow, even though she was only six at the time. Um, so a little more into that. Uh, page four, right? Uh, Zelda finally reported back after her visit to the fountain. It seems her sacred sealing power has still yet to awaken. It has been a year and three months since her mother passed. Perhaps she is held back by heartache too deep to heal. 
If the Ganon prophecy wasn't looming over our heads, I would tell her to take her time, to wait until she is ready. But our situation is dire and leaves no room for weakness, even on behalf of my beloved daughter. My heart breaks for Zelda, but I must act as a king, not a father. I must order her to train relentlessly at the fountain. Which again, we get Urbosa's uh, perspective of that, because that, that lines right up with the time frame that she mentioned, where she went and saw Zelda and she was like just could not stop praying at the fountain like she was doing her training. Um, so, see, that relationship goes way back. Been going on a for at least a decade insight. before we see it in the game, you know? Sorry, Anthony, what yeah. are you saying? No, I was going to say, it, it kind of gives a little bit more insight into the king. Um, basically, instead of being a jerk, it, it kind of looks more along the lines of he's fearful and that that fear of the Ganon prophecy looming over his head is just making him out to be this man that he's not truly, you know, deep down, but it's just, that's what came out. Yeah. I mean, he's for sure in a bad spot and it's causing him to um, like, it's causing a lot of harm to his relationship with Zelda. Like he's really pushing her way harder than he even wants to um, because yeah, he's, he's afraid of what's coming. He feels like it's his job to protect Hyrule as king. Um, and that pressure he's directly putting right onto Zelda as well. Uh, page five. I was told Zelda went off to research ancient technology, so I had no choice but to confront her about it. This is one of the memories that we watched. Uh, she claimed she was simply using her day off from training to indulge in a bit of research, but I still scolded her. She won't get it through her head, forcing me to tell her the same thing I have been repeating ad nauseum. The reason her sacred power still won't awaken is because she's spending all her efforts playing at being a scholar. I hate that phrase, playing at being a scholar. It's so disrespectful. Mm -hmm. Oh, gosh. Sorry, there's like some... Uh, I don't know. There, there's some messaging going on in this, but... Yeah, it's it's just it's really hard whenever that comes up because I think Zelda literally writes the same thing in her diary too, like that same phrase. Like this is what he said. It's such a key phrase to like their relationship, and it's it's really sad that that's the case. Um, page six. Uh, in truth, I understand Zelda's feelings, painfully so. She lost her mother, her teacher, before she could learn from her. Ten pointless years of self-training without so much as a book or note to help her find her way. Those in the castle talk behind her back, and I, her only family, scold her for her shortcomings. No wonder she wishes to hide away in her beloved relic research. I'd love nothing more than to console her. But I must stay strong. She must fulfill her duty. Just as we all must, even if she comes to despise me. Look. Comes Bray. a point... Like, as a parent, you can do both. You can be a dad, a dad and a king. Come on now. <laughs> you don't have to, you know, it's not the light side, the dark side. You can be both. Yeah. Yeah. This is, I mean, it's it's rough when he, he straight up says, like, 10 pointless years of self-training, like, without any kind of help. Like, she's trying to do this all on her own. And I'm like, yeah, 
if only she had a dad who could like <laughs> step in and right. try anything other than what exactly. he's doing. Um, I don't know. There's, it's yeah. It it is a um. It's hard to to read even sometimes and just feel like this guy's just not. Like it's like there's so many better ways to do this. Like who did you talk to? <laughs> like you should you should have gotten some advice or something. I don't know. It's rough. Um, yeah, he's a pretty bad dad. Uh, page seven. This is the last page of the diary or the journal diary. It's a journal. If it's a dude, normally it's a journal. It's a journey. I don't know why. Um, I have been told my Zelda went to the Spring of Wisdom. Uh, this will likely be her last chance. If she is unable to awaken her power at Lanayru, all hope is truly lost. So this is like the day of, right? Yeah. Uh, if she comes back without success, then I shall speak kindly with her. Scolding is pointless now. I forced 10 years of training on her, and after all that, it seems her power will stubbornly awaken some other way. Perhaps I should encourage her to keep researching her beloved relics. They may just lead her to answers I can't provide. For now, I sit anxiously, more than a father than a king in this moment. I sit and await my daughter's return. So this is like exactly what we've been talking about, <laughs> like with what he needed to do. And it's like a day too late. <laughs> it's jacked up. Um, but I mean, after 10 years of being that forceful and being that like hard on her, I don't know that he'd be able to fix it. <laughs> When she got back, and just be like, you know what? It's okay. Like, no, not like, in one day, that's for sure. Like, how no. how are you going to – I can only imagine how Zelda would have felt. Like, I wonder if she would have been comforted by that or if she just would have been like, are you kidding me? Like, what do you mean it's okay? Ten years of this, you know? Um, But, of course, part of the tragedy of this game is that uh, they never had that conversation. Uh, they immediately went to war the second Zelda came back down off the mountain and uh, and lost that war. Mm -hmm. So convincingly. Yeah. I'm going to throw a Zelda theory out here real quick before you move on. Yeah. And just kind of go out there and say, you know, what if the king actually from day one was just super supportive and just let her continue her research? And she would have had the help with top Sheikah researchers. I feel like if, you know, 10 years young, they could have started doing this research. Who knows what strides they could have made to, like, unlocking the shrines, possibly involving Link, and, like, preemptively having a plan that way with, with some yeah. more power at their hands versus obviously how it went down. <laughs> sure. It's like it's all King Rome's fault, man. <laughs> the the entire the the entire war <laughs> and the way it went down was all King Rome's fault. It could also be a retcon to the game itself because if they made all that stuff more powerful and then Ganon was still able to just go and touch it with his nasty corruption stuff and turn it into his pawn anyways, then they would have been up against even more. Yeah, it seems like those things had no resistance to Ganon's corruption for the most part. So unless they unlocked specifically the ability to get past that corruption they hadn't seen in thousands of years, I feel like they would have just been building up the force that would be pushed against them. Well, yeah. Link might not even have survived in that case and the game wouldn't have happened. 
is another way that could referencing play out. the uh, the shrines themselves. Like if they figured it out, Link or Zelda was kind of already there, but not really. But she was close. Figuring out the shrines and like Link's connection to them. Yeah, we yeah. could have gotten stronger. Maybe that was just my thinking. I but... think you find your mask at the bottom of like the hidden shrine. <laughs> 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 I got so, the power. <laughs> the the way that the um the journal describes it, he's like maybe her research could have led her to answers that you know I couldn't provide. It's almost it, it calls back to where he said that she's been working for ten years without even a book to help her. You know, so part of me wonders like if they had kept researching, would they have eventually found Sheikah tech or like database information or something that would have like been that book that she needed? You know, like something to basically say, hey. This is how Hylia helped us before, and this is what you need to do, and this is, you know, like, maybe there was some kind of instruction that was better than just, I'm just going to pray for hours on end. Because um, it really seems like Hylia is not all that responsive to prayer, to be <laughs> honest. Um, Yeah, it it's like one of those things where she was trying to do research, and that research might have just, like, it might have been exactly what she needed to be doing. But because, but because there was this weird tradition and this misunderstanding and this uh, just ignorance, frankly, <laughs> um, she was kind of pigeonholed into doing the wrong thing. Um, and it, and it, yeah. I mean, you could say that's really the the starting domino that kind of brought down the kingdom. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I just, it's it's pretty tragic. Um, do you guys want to go over Zelda's diary as well? Sure. Yeah. Okay, cool, cool. Let me find where it actually writes it out because apparently the location and uses are, are here. Okay, here we go. Page one. Uh, after meeting with the champions, I left to research the ancient technology, but nothing of note came of my research. Uh, the return of Ganon looms, a dark force taunting us from afar. I must learn all I can about the relics so that we can stop him. If the fortune teller's prophecy is to be believed, there isn't much time left. Sorry, I got distracted. There's some weird punctuation here. Uh, there isn't much time left. Ah, but turning over these thoughts in my head puts me ill at ease. I suppose I should turn in for the night. P.S. Tomorrow my father is assigning him as my appointed knight. <laughs> All right, so this is him. <laughs> yeah. So I guess this is after she went around and, like, invited all the champions to be the champions. Because um, I think the inauguration is when all that kind of happened all together. Uh, page two. I set out for Goron City today to make some adjustments to Divine Beast Farudania. I still recall feeling his eyes on me as I walked ahead. The feeling stayed with me so long I grew anxious and weary. It is the same feeling I felt before in his company, and still not a word passes his lips. I never know what he's thinking. It makes my imagination run wild, guessing at what he is thinking but will not say. Uh, what does the boy chosen by the sword that seals the darkness think of me? Will I ever truly know? Then I suppose it's simple. A daughter of Hyrule's royal family, yet unable to use sealing magic, he must despise me. So, some assumptions, immediately. But what else does she have than assumptions? He won't talk, apparently. Uh, Alright. 
Page three. Canonical. <laughs> I said you. something awful to him today. My, my research was going nowhere. I was feeling depressed, and I had told him repeatedly not to accompany me. But he did anyway, as he always does, and so I yelled at him without restraint. He seemed confused by my anger. I feel terribly guilty, and that guilt only makes me more agitated than I was before. I know that you say Link doesn't say anything is canonical. It, it's actually a part of the plot in this game, though. <laughs> they give reasons for that. Uh, it's not because he's mute. <laughs> it's because he's just becoming way more internal because of all the struggle that he himself is going through. Not that that's healthy, but that's what he did. Uh, page four. Uh, I'm unsure how to put today's events into words. Words so often evade me lately and now more than ever. Uh, he saved me. Without a thought for his own life, he protected me from the ruthless blades of the Yiga clan. So this is yet again another memory that we've seen. Uh, though I've been cold to him all this time, taking my selfish and childish anger out on him at every turn. Still, he was there for me. I won't ever forget that. Tomorrow I shall apologize for all that has transpired between us. And then I will try talking to him. To Link, it's worth a shot. Or sorry, so I'll try talking to him. To Link. It's worth a shot. Sorry. So some of these commas and periods look the same on this website mm. that I'm reading. So that's why my rhythm gets off a bit. <laughs> uh, page five. Bit by bit, I've gotten Link to open up to me. It turns out he's quite a glutton. He can't resist a delicious meal. <laughs> when I finally got around to asking why he's so quiet all the time, I could tell it was difficult for him to say, but he did. With so much at stake and so many eyes upon him, he feels it necessary to stay strong and to silently bear any burden. A feeling I know all too well. For him, it has caused him to stop outwardly expressing his thoughts and feelings. I always believed him to be simply a gifted person who never faced a day of hardship. How wrong I was. Everyone has struggles that go unseen by the world. I was so absorbed with my own problems, I failed to see his. I wish to talk... Uh, with him more and to see what lies beneath those calm waters and to hear him speak freely and openly. And perhaps I too will be able to bear my soul to him and share the demons that have plagued me all these years. Sounds like a pretty cool goal to have. That was pretty well written too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, she's, she's just playing at being a scholar. <laughs> Getting some Sasuke and Sakura vibes over here. Right. <laughs> A quiet, quiet guy that does awesome and just doesn't really talk or anything. And the girl's like, oh, when will he see me? I hope I can get closer to him. <clears throat> that was well written, though. It was. It was, yeah. And, uh, and I canonical think... that Link can talk. Mm -hmm. He just chooses not to, like, for <laughs> literal decades at a time and then says a couple sentences. So here's what I'm thinking, you know, like, maybe if Link was more talkative, maybe they would have saved Hyrule. <laughs> well, we know that his voice box works. Boy, voice box works because there's constant ha ha. So you know <laughs> he has a voice. <laughs> it's a decent one. I know it's just a joke because we blamed Kim Grome for everything. I figured maybe <laughs> we would just point out some problems that other characters also had. <laughs> Honestly, if Link had talked more, I wonder how his relationship with Rivali would have been different. You know, well, they would have talked more. At the very least. <laughs> cool. I don't know about cool, better cool bad. Whoa. From the guy who loves Rivali. 
He's a seer with this kind of prophesying. Oh my goodness. Yeah, I honestly think um, Raleigh probably wouldn't have admitted it or showed it at all, but I think deep down, knowing Link acknowledged him, he would have had one of those like internal like <laughs> moments. I mean, honestly, if Yours. if Vervali had just done Ravali scale and Link had literally just said, "How did you learn how to do that?" If it would have made Ravali's day, it, it would have literally been like, he would have been so happy. <laughs> I feel like you don't even need words for that. Is when he did it and looked down at Link, he could have been like, because huh? he knows how to go. Huh? And so showing that shock and surprise, probably be like, yeah, I impressed him. Link just probably stood there because in, in this version, he's not like there's been other games where Link has been, you know, more childish and we're like, ah, like jumping around and stuff. And this one, he's sure. so stoic. Yeah. Super stoic. Everything gets the poker face. Stoic master. And even when he's remembering dormant memories from 100 years ago, he barely goes, huh. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Alright, page six. Um, Father scolded me again today. He told me I am to have nothing more to do with researching ancient technology. Uh, he insisted that I focus instead on training that will help me awaken my sealing magic. I was so frustrated and ashamed I could not even speak. I've been training since I was a child, and yet... I think, you know, a little ellipsis there. Uh, mother passed the year before my training was to begin. In losing her, I lost not just a mother, but a teacher. It echoes entirely what King Rome said. Uh, mother used to smile and tell me, Zelda, my love, all will be well in the end. You can do anything. But she was wrong. No matter how I try or how much time passes, the sealing power that is my birthright evades me. Tomorrow I journey with Link to the Spring of Power to train, but this too will end in failure. Such is my curse. <laughs> oh, jeez. Yikes. So she's a... Uh, that mental block already. Yeah, she's, Starting out she's with feeling it. pretty defeated. I, I mean, this is like... I mean, remember, this is the page that starts out with my father scolded me. So, you know, right after she's finally starting to connect with Link some more... And all this, things were going well, and then all of a sudden, the Rome scolding happens, and it just turns everything back to doom and gloom. Um, so I think it just lines right up with what we were saying before. You know? But yeah, mental block for sure. She's she's out of it. That, and she thinks, I mean, not that she's wrong, but she's like, this whole sealing magic is my birthright, and it evades me. It's kind of assumptive, like, oh, yeah, like she's taking it for granted almost. At the same time, she can't get it to work. <laughs> it's like there might be a, a correlation there a little bit. Uh, page seven. Uh, I had a dream last night. In a place consumed by darkness, a lone woman gazed at me, haloed by blinding light. I sensed she was not of this world. I don't know if she was a fairy or a goddess, but she was beautiful. Her lips spoke urgently, but her voice did not reach me. Uh, would I have heard her if my power was awakened or awoken? Or was my dream simply a manifestation of my fears? I am sure I will know the answer soon, whether I wish to or not. Uh, so yeah. Yeah. So she has, like, basically a vision of what most people would think would be Hylia. Um, 
now that we have some tears of the kingdom stuff there's like i don't, I don't want to spoil too much but i will say that there have been some images out there that people have thought maybe line up with this figure that she's talking about a lone woman haloed by blinding light um so maybe we'll get more information but who knows um and it could be complete somebody completely different also so that's that's part of the thing of like nobody nobody actually knows it's just theories at this could point. have been her mom could have been her mom her mom could have been haloed by blinding light also a possibility it's lolia <laughs> her name's hilda bro <laughs> it's lolia well, from I guess low Hil- rule hilda would have been hilda was the low rulian princess right so yeah, Lolia would have been Hylia's opposite, I guess. But there wasn't a Hylia back then when that game came out. <laughs> so uh that was never explored. Hey, Zelda can or Nintendo can just pop whatever they want into canon when they want, so that yeah. Lolia, why not? Put it in the canon. Just do it. Alright, and the final page, page eight. I turned 17 today. That means this is the day I finally I will finally be allowed to train at the Spring of Wisdom. Uh, when Link arrives, we will set out for Mount Laneru. The other champions will accompany us there. I have not seen my father since he last scolded me. Things are too strained now. I will meet with him when I return. <clears throat> All right. Uh, actually, I've had a horrible feeling ever since that weird dream. No one would believe a failure of a princess, but... Dot, dot, dot. Right. Uh, right now, for no particular reason, I am filled with a strange and terrible certainty that something awful is about to happen. <laughs> she ain't wrong. She ain't, she ain't wrong. She's got them prophecy uh, thoughts, man. Both her and her dad were writing in their journal slash diary on the same day. Yes, they were. <laughs> it's funny because her dad has like seven pages and they span from when Zelda was, you know, born. <laughs> <laughs> Zelda has eight pages that span just basically through the memories that we've watched. So, you know, hold from up, hold her up. being 16 to 17. What's up? Hold up. Hold up. Hold up. Continuity Yo. issues. Hold up. Oh, whoa. Plot. So, hold plot, up. Plot holes they up. were writing in their journals Yep. on the same day. The same day that the attack of Calamity Ganon happened. Yeah. The same day that she walked all the way to Mount Laneru. Mm-hmm. By the time they were coming off of that mountain peak, that was sunset. So, unless she wrote in that diary at the bright early crack of dawn at six in the morning, how in the heck did that diary get placed back in her room? <laughs> I think that's exactly what happened. I think she started that day okay. writing in her diary. <laughs> And then then they went on a giant journey on foot that that couldn't have possibly taken place in a day, but somehow did. I don't. Rivali flew her there. It's fine. Rivali was just like, oh, Rivali. (laughs) Rivali didn't show up until the end of the day. Remember, he was like, I'm I'm out. I don't got time for that, but maybe I'll show up at the end of the day. That's what he did. He sent one of his bros to give her a ride on over there real quick. Maybe maybe she wrote a guardian. (laughs) <laughs> She's got her own motorcycle. Yo! Hey, yo! Uh, we actually have no explanation for that. It's not uh, important, or else they would have 
explained it for sure. I think it's just a plot hole. Yeah, well, it's like one of those cartoon show impossibilities that you're not really supposed to think of. I think it'll be fine. Uh, so yeah, so that, so the King's ones that we read, that would be found in the library. The King studies hidden there. Princess Zelda's room, uh, if you're following the main path, uh, you have to veer off right before going to the final boss to, to get to it. It's like up in a tower, basically. It's got flying guardians around it. You could Revali scale and climb up to it or find, you know, another path. But if you're, if you did the whole road that goes all around Hyrule Castle, um, you would you would get to the final boss before you'd actually get to that tower. So you just keep going straight past it, and you'll you'll find it. Um, it's also where the memory was. We talked about that. So I think with those, I mean, those are the only major like things in the castle that I want to talk about because we've already gone over the dungeon and stuff like that. Um. But we can talk about the uh, the actual final battle here now. <laughs> so I believe it's called the Sanctum, mm-hmm. which to me evokes thoughts of like this is where religious ceremonies would take place normally. Uh, you know, tallest, highest part of the castle, that kind of thing. Um, I don't because it's not the throne room. I don't think I think the throne room is below it. Um, and so of course you would think that this would be a place that Zelda may have also come to pray during the day if she was not out at one of the springs. Um, but in this case, uh, this is being used as a shrine of resurrection, kind of maybe sort of, but um, not for any dead person but there is like a giant cocoon of of malicey goodness hanging from the ceiling mm. uh it actually kind of has a heartbeat <laughs> as you're approaching it mm. uh and when you get in there uh, i believe we we start off by hearing something about zelda and how like you know basically we're just in time like she can't hold him back anymore like this is this is it yeah and it this... starts with that link 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 kind of thing where it gets louder. Yeah. And so this big nasty malice ball falls from the ceiling and from it hatches a uh a uh calamity Ganon who is But getting... if you uh if you hadn't beaten all the divine beasts, you got a couple boss fights <laughs> before that happens right there, like possibly two or something. Yeah. Um <laughs> uh... Do you want to speak on that or or how are you? What are you? It's the it's just the exact same boss fight with the exact same mechanics uh, as you would fight in the Divine Beast. However, I particularly because I had to fight the Fire and Thunder Blight. Thunder Blight was actually easier in this room than it is in the room inside of uh, the Divine Beast. I believe that. Hundred percent. So, I believe that. <laughs> that was noticed. Yeah, I don't know if people realize they might just want to go right here. Hundred percent. <laughs> because uh, you don't have to worry about those spikes, those electric uh, conduits being dropped anywhere aside from just the floor you're on. So you don't have to, oh, no, they're all up there. Oh, no, they're all down there. Or they're way over there because the room is huge, like that the actual boss fight. Pretty small, compact little circle, and they're all right there. You're just like, oh, boing, grab one. Yeah. It's basically free. Yeah. Thunderblight would for sure be easier to do in this room. 
That's cool. Yeah, so the, as, as the mechanic goes, um, if you do all four Divine Beasts, uh, before Calamity Ganon gets a chance to even, like, properly stand up, uh, you get this epic cups, cup, uh, cup scene. Yeah, there you go. Cut scene. Of, <laughs> <laughs> it's a nice cup scene right there. Where it goes to the four different champions, all on their Divine Beasts in spirit form. Uh, each one has a bit to say. Uh, I don't have the quotes up, and I don't quite remember them all. So um, I know some of the the uh, more standout ones to me were like Ravali basically saying, Link, okay, it's your turn to go get him. Uh, so I guess he's he's ready to play the sidekick. Um, I'm pretty sure I remember Mifa saying, uh, this is our last chance. Or like, this is our chance to defeat Ganon. Yeah. Ur- Urbosa has some cool bit about getting revenge. Um. And she's, like, super ready for this. Uh, and Daruk is, you know, he's always super encouraging. He probably just gives, like, a hoorah brother kind of deal. Uh, not that I remember. Like I said, I'm just, like, I remember the vibe. That's about it. You're like, oh, um, that's the guy. Uh, he's not a giant dog monster like I was worried about. And so uh, these divine beasts with their laser targeting all do an orbital strike. It's like this blue laser rain that comes down and just wrecks calamity it's actually it's really weird because they come in from like either the four cardinal directions or the four in between cardinal directions but then the laser ends up going down through the the part that they fell through when ganon comes down so it's like they all converged right at that exact point and then somehow them all hitting each other went down yeah 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 exactly it's It's weird it, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense um Fit from a physics standpoint, <laughs> I don't. it's confusing. They're divine beasts, they do divine things. I don't know, I suppose so. Uh, and so we get into this fight. So, if you if you had all four, it'll take about half of his health away. Um, if you're missing any, I don't, I imagine that cutscene happens yeah. before the bosses. The cutscene happens, it only shows the champions talking that you actually saved, so they literally right. didn't show Rudania or. Uh, Urbosa for me at all. Right. Or not Rudania, but the guy's name. Daruk. Daruk, yeah. Uh, and then it just shows two beams coming in from two directions. I think it's actually whichever ones you defeated because mine came in from the opposite and that would be where they actually were on the map. So I'd assume if you yeah. only beat like Death Mountain and the bird, then it would come in like this. Right. And then the same cutscene happens. He just doesn't lose as much health. I think it was perfectly scaled because he lost about a quarter for me gotcha yeah and then we can get into this uh this fancy fight uh calamity ganon kind of reminds me of uh the ld <laughs> robots not the not the little ones but the um like the uh Lanayru desert pirate dude like scurvo you know <sighs> um just he just the big red beard man I don't even think Scurbo had a beard, <laughs> but Calamity Ganon has a very piratey beard, um, and he's and he's like a magma spider. It's just yeah, pretty cool like design on the boss. Um, he's got some, you know, all of his moves are kind of geared towards fundamental combat skills that you should have from playing the game at this point. So you know, there's a lot of like he give you a lot of chances for flurry rush. He'll shoot lasers at you that you can deflect, like they're guardian lasers. Um, 
I mean, one of the more unique things he does is he kind of sets the room on fire for a little bit, and you got to, like, walk away from him for a second and then come back in. So nothing too crazy. Most people find this boss fight to be a very underwhelming uh, final boss fight, especially when compared to other Zelda titles, um, mainly because everything kind of plays to that, that, like, like it's just testing skills that you've done a million times at this point. So, I mean, I definitely did struggle a little bit in this fight, but mm. it's really not it's really not anything to write home about, <laughs> you know? For me, I kept trying to play the game. Stop moving. Get through the dang calamity again. Yeah. So, here's a question. Going on the walls. In the second phase, Mayo, when he goes into the red, when he like his whole body becomes red and he climbs on the walls, he, he doesn't get hit by arrows, does he? He'll shield pretty good. He so shield. how do you keep dealing damage to him so he doesn't regenerate health or does he just not regen health in that phase when he's like that? He does. Otherwise, I think that would be impossible because you can't deal damage to him with shooting arrows. I did a couple parries and the family secret technique. Pretty much did a good job. Oh, to just like Herbosa's fury him off the wall. You do that. Oh. Didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> okay. Um, any other particular challenges with this guy or any other final thoughts on him? I mean, he's... You'd think he'd be like the centerpiece of this or the showpiece of this episode, but he's kind of lame. <laughs> yeah. Reflect all the Right. Okay. So eventually we do we do all the all the the fancy fighting, all the flurry attacks, all the arrows, all the what have you, uh deflecting his beams until he goes down. Uh but he doesn't truly go down. He kind of starts uh I think I think the way it's described is Zelda says something along the lines if he's given up on resurrection and he's transforming into his uh his true bestial form or something like that, right? Um so more he's basically letting his animosity control him. Yeah. So he's becoming uh Dark Beast Ganon. Is that what it's called in this one? Oh no. I gotta look it up. Yeah, it's Dark Beast Ganon. Even more underwhelming fight compared to the last underwhelming fight we had. Yeah, mm -hmm. but at least it's epic. <laughs> like, this fight, <laughs> Dark, the fight against Dark Beast Ganon, uh, what's cool about it is that it puts you out into an emptied Hyrule field. So this big empty place that used to like have guardians every once in a while that would that would just find you from a mile away. Uh, it has now been pretty much cleared out for the sake of this fight. Uh, they give you whatever your main horse is at the time, whichever one you have out or registered or you know most previously used. I think they just gave me a random one because I didn't have any. <laughs> I don't know if I rode a horse in this. I don't usually do that. I think the game somehow demands that you have a horse for this fight because it's designed to be on a horse. <laughs> Yeah, no, it is. It it dropped a random three uh, stamina horse for me. I was like, oh, hey, boy. Nice. Um, You know, first time I played, I definitely did this on Epona. This time I did it on Error. 
you know, pretty arrogant. No. I, I debated whether or not I should call in the Divine Beast motorcycle for this, but I chose not to. I just rode error instead. Um, and you're fighting a giant pig beast version of Ganon, kind of more reminiscent of the Twilight Princess Ganon than any other, because it's on all fours. It's massive. Um, you know, 10 stories high kind of thing, like just a huge, it's like Shadow of the Colossus type fight. Uh, and Zelda provides you with a uh, a bow, like a very fancy light bow that I don't remember the name of in this moment. Light bow. Is it really just called the light bow? Don't know. It's the bow of light. Get it straight. There you go. <laughs> so much different. Uh, it has 100 damage. <laughs> Not that that's really a concern. Uh, and oh, you are man. tasked with riding around and essentially waiting for this guy to have some weak spots revealed on him. Uh, I think that's part of Zelda's role in this is revealing the weak spots for you to run on a shoot because they do glow like with yellow triangular symbols that, you know, mm -hmm. just kind of goes along with the theme. Uh, so you take this bow of light. Wow. You take this bow of light, nice bow of light. <laughs> you ride around, you, you knock all these weak spots until uh, until you're pretty much out of weak spots to hit. And then he'll do this thing where uh, the Dark Beast Ganon will shoot out some flames to create an updraft for you. At which point you jump off your horse, fly up in the air and shoot the last weak spot that's pretty much on his forehead. Uh, I think he even has like an eyeball that opens up and you have to shoot yeah, the eyeball. Yeah, it's a huge eyeball and it's like upper back shoulder area. Yeah. Yeah. You also just can't hit it unless you do go up in the air because I tried to shoot it from the horse for like two minutes straight and I was like, why? I mean, I'm hitting it, but yeah. and then I saw the updraft and I was like, oh, it wants a photo finish. Okay. You need the epic. Yeah. Yeah. So. So, yeah. Uh, do the super epic flying shoot him in the forehead kind of deal. Uh, get rid of that malice eyeball, and then the dark beast Ganon will like start roaring, screaming, and it actually starts moving as if it's going to try to escape, um, like it's trying to run away or like you know disappear into the sky or something. Like the malice kind of unforms, and then Zelda shows up and puts a hand up in the air that has the Triforce symbol on it, and like totally point of unities. <laughs> the malice into like uh, uh, just kind of compresses it into nothing just evaporates the whole thing holds him down yeah so she she does the final blow of uh, of the fight um, really epic scene uh, I think that the the best part about this fight is the visuals both with the like how it's introduced how it's played out how it's finished everything is just cinematic and huge um, but not not particularly challenging, I will say. Uh, kind of like what you guys were saying. It's another underwhelming part of an underwhelming finale. Gameplay-wise. Yeah. So we've won the day. Um, yeah. And then Zelda wants to know one thing at the very end, right before it goes to credits. She says, Link, do you really remember me? Yeah. So, and he don't say nothing. He don't say nothing. <laughs> um, have either of you guys seen the final, like the post credit scene? 
Is that the one where the sages or not the sages? The champions. I don't know why I called them sages. Is that the one where they're like floating? Um I don't remember the sages in it, but maybe. Not but... champions. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. So the post-credit scene in this game is only unlocked if you actually finished all 120 shrines and defeated the four divine beasts. Oh, nope. Yeah. So I've gotten this ending every time I've played the game. <laughs> or at least every time I finish the game, I should say. Uh, I might. I just need to refresh myself on what actually happens in it because uh, what I can say is that it's another scene with Link and Zelda. And there's more dialogue between the two of them. And at the end, um, they speak of, like, hope for being able to rebuild and create a new future for Hyrule. And they walk through a field that is entirely coated with silent princess flowers. It's actually really um, a really cool scene. It's very, um, like, the landscape is gorgeous. <laughs> like, they're, they're just out in Hyrule Field with all these flowers. Um, yeah, so let me just look it up to make sure I'm not missing, like, the critical details here. Hiding these cutscenes behind content barriers. It's three minutes and 17 seconds. You guys want to just watch it real quick? Sure. I can just, like, probably probably throw it up in the in the thing here. King Rome. Yeah, there they all are. You were right. The champions are all there. Yeah, but this is, I think... Just the normal one. Um, I didn't see this. No, it's not. It's the, it's actually the final one. This is this is the post credits. Hmm. So the whole like, do you remember me? Thing. See all the malice bits. All those little red flakes are now uh, silent princess petals. Um, okay, and then we reopen on the field of Hyrule. Yeah, I don't remember seeing this, though. So we'll make our way to Zora's Domain. Uh, Divine Beast Faruda looks like it stopped working. What's that about? Let's, let's investigate the situation. Uh, Mifa's father. I'm just reading it just in case. I believe he would like to hear more about her. The least we can do is visit him and offer him some closure. Although Ganon is gone for now, there's still so much more for us to do. And so many painful memories that we must bear. Uh, I believe in my heart that if all of us work together, we can restore Hyrule to its former glory. Perhaps even beyond. But it all must start with us. So this is almost like Wind Waker. Like, we're going to have a new Hyrule. And she says, let's be off. So now they're going to walk away together. And it's going to show you the field of silent princesses, I'm pretty sure. That's how, I, that's how it ends. I can no longer hear the voice inside the sword. I suppose it would make sense if my power had dwindled over the past 100 years. 
I'm surprised to admit it, but I can accept that. Oh, the flowers. Oh, there they are. Yeah. They really play it up like there are no flowers in the first few, like first half of that cutscene. Uh, and then at the end, they're like, oh, by the way, just to the right of them. <laughs> this is every silent that princess the game ever had. <laughs> All, right, All we don't seven need to watch of these, them. These kids with the waffles now. Let's get out of here. So that's uh so that's the final final cutscene if you uh if you went through all of the game. Aside from like Koroks, they don't care about that. Um Yeah. So so good stuff. I mean this is this is the end. Any any major final thoughts of the game or you know, anything that you feel like we missed that we definitely should have like had in this eighteen episode run? <laughs> Lon Lon Ranch. Solid. I think yeah, we actually we, did yeah, talk we, about that, though. <laughs> yeah, we we skipped on it a little bit. Skimped on it. It's in the game. Look it up. <laughs> we covered stuff I didn't even know was in the game. Like, <laughs> I don't know what else there is, man. Unless you wanted me to talk about some glitches and stuff. Have we talked <laughs> about the, the breach of demise at all? There's a spot in the game leading right up to the castle um, called the Breach of Demise, and it's a huge just, like, scar through Hyrule Field. Um, oh, yeah, that's where the that's where the music changes when you go inside, and the track is amazing. Yeah, it's a pretty cool reference to, like, Skyward Sword type stuff. Um, I don't know if it points at the Forgotten Temple or not, but... You know, it just it calls back to the original story of Skyward Sword, which was you know our second season, um, about how De- Demise like came up from the depths of the earth to like you know attack the people with his demon horde. Uh, also, in this game, I think it talks about how Calamity Ganon came up from below the the castle as well. Um, so there's just some some uh, signaling for that whole deal for like something's going on underneath the castle which you know from the very first trailer of tears we've actually seen some of that stuff going on too so um just we're gonna learn more about the under castle lore (laughs) but it's good stuff cam where are you taking us is it fixing your internet trying to oh i Cool, cool. Uh, I just had one other thing that I wanted to kind of talk about, but I not I want to dwell on it too long. But I had this thought just about like how this game deals with legacy, I guess, because I, I feel like there's a lot of like um succession happening that you don't always think about when you're playing the game because it's like very much two eras of things going on so i mean i think the most direct reference to it is when you see daruk all happy that yonobo's still still alive and that the gorons are still going as a race (laughs) um but there's something like that happening in every place i mean i think that one of the cool things about the game is just how it handles 
like how the generation of the past defines the the next in line. Um, so like if you just go through the different champions uh, and their respective, you know, new champion of the day, um, you'll see, you know, uh, Daruk is like, was like, you know, that father character, right? And Yonobo, I feel like it's, it's probably the hardest sell on this topic, honestly. So I just want to start with him to get him out of the way because he's kind of a coward, but he does get um, confidence from seeing Daruk one last time. I think part of the message there is just about Daruk being that father figure and that losing him was actually detrimental um, to his people. Uh, I think that just the the whole fatherdom thing with Daruk is pretty strong. I mean, even when the cutscene where he Rizelda is trying to recruit him, and he's like, "Oh, you should have a guard with you at all times," and she's like, "You sound like my dad." I'm like, "It's because Daruk's a dad," <laughs> and, and a lot about being a dad is about like is about that protection, is about being protective, and about like you always want to make sure that your family is safe and cared for, um, and it, it kind of just. I think it just plays into like why Yonobo is the way that he is, right? Um, because he lost that. Um, and I think kind of, I mean, in a, in a different note, uh, if we go over to like Urbosa, I think Urbosa as that mother figure was always providing a safe space. That was like kind of like the theme of her character. Like Zelda would go into Gerudo City to get away from it all. Um, she was always like, she defended Zelda out in the desert, you know? Um, and she was known for being like, like really caring and really compassionate, but at the same time, very strong and very protective. Um, and I think that it's funny because like, whereas she kind of had this character of a mom, um, Riju is what she kind of leaves in her legacy. Like Riju, I, I don't know that the game ever specifically says that they're related um i don't know if it goes through like if it was a grandparent situation or anything i don't remember seeing that detail anywhere um but riju is now this like teen empress right um but oddly enough when you go out and you fight uh divine beast uh naburis what she does is provide a safe space for you like in that fight as you're going through the sandstorm yeah like she creates a bubble of influence and like becomes that that space, which I think is just really cool. It's like this is what this is what she learned. This is what Urbosa kind of brought to the culture, and like you can see how it how it kind of kept going in lineage. Um, Ravali is probably one of the most influential because they're the entire Rito culture. Like if you are a if you're not a bard, <laughs> I'll say, um, then you're probably a soldier. Uh, and that's kind of directly from him. Like he was this legendary warrior who the Rito still look up to, to this day. And as they all train, they are all kind of looking at him as like the, the bar that's been set. Like they're all trying to get there. So now you have, um, Tiba who has been training his whole life to try to be like Ravali and his son Tulin, who also is just super excited to, to go to the flight range and learn and try to be like Ravali. Like they all want to, they all want to take up that mantle of being a great warrior and being this, this like, you know, um, champion of their people. Um, 
so just like he he kind of set the culture of the of the Rito as well. Um and then you have Mifa, who's a little bit more of a specific case, but I think I mean we've talked about Mifa as like being this spousal relationship to Link, right? Like they were they were possibly engaged, but we don't know the whole detail of that. Um but what she leaves behind isn't necessarily like a replacement for that, you know? Um but Sidon is very much like like he's looking for help for his people and when he meets you you guys kind of immediately click you know <laughs> and you become partners in a way like he becomes like your best friend <laughs> immediately it's like did we just become best friends yep <laughs> like are we going to go fight this elephant <laughs> yep <laughs> um and i think it just comes across like it's it's like this really caring um just uh bromance <laughs> in a way you know it kind of approaches that that way of being like you know what not every like it's not i don't know like uh i'm trying to say like it, it's almost comparing the two kinds of relationships like it's kind of comparing like okay like here's here's like what mifa was and here's what sidon is and in theory they're kind of coming from the same place like they really care about you and they like you and you know this stuff but like in one sense it's not it's not a spousal thing it's just a friendship thing you know um which is funny because it kind of also highlights how you should be friends with your spouse as well <laughs> like um but that's maybe that's me just getting a little like thinking a little too deep into it but um very cool stuff the last i mean there's there's actually another like thing that goes along with this and that's that link and zelda set their own legacies um because uh with link i feel like the link that we knew from a hundred years ago before he died and came back <laughs> um he was like if i had to describe him he was link the appointed knight right like everything he did he was like you know what like i was tasked with this like people told me like this is my spot this was my position um he didn't go through any of the shrines he didn't do any of the growth that he normally would have to in fact they kind of went out of their way to say he was already the hero when he was four years old you know he was he was defeating grown men in combat like he didn't have to grow at all he just was um which is completely counter to what the legend of Zelda has always been about. It's always, there's always been character growth. Like they've, they've always made a point to say that Link has to grow to become the hero. And I think when Link comes back after the resurrection, like he, he knows what his target is and he knows that it was himself from a hundred years ago. And he knows that he's not there and he needs to grow. And it's almost like, whereas before he was Link the Appointed Knight, like, oh, this is just my duty. Now he's he becomes Link the Hero. Like, he becomes someone who's actually out to do it, not because it's his duty, but because he genuinely cares enough to come out and help on his own. There's there's no one left to tell him what to do, you know? <laughs> like, seriously. I mean, other than the fact that Zelda's trapped in the castle, I mean, that's, you know, it'd be kind of a jerk move to wake up and be like, yeah, I don't really care. But um, it's it's a whole different perspective on on what his goal is and an entire diff entirely different set of motivations, you know? Yeah. Um, kind of similar with Zelda, except for Zelda, it was like she was the princess. 
right? Like she was the researcher. She really wanted to, to do everything like that she had to do until it all came crashing down around her. And, she, you know, she wasn't able to, um, like only when things got really desperate, was she be able, was she able to become like Zelda, the, you know, the vessel of Hylia, right? Like that's like, that didn't happen until all of this went down. And I mean, it's, it's a little bit different. I mean, she's been the only one of these five, six characters that have been constantly active since the calamity. So saying that she set her own legacy might be a little bit off because she kind of didn't choose <laughs> all that happened, but she did take over her path. You know, when, when the calamity struck, like, we we saw her start to like delegate to the champions. She came up with a plan. She want she like she she knew what she wanted to do. She went after it. It was a miserable tragedy. And then after Link went to the shrine, once again she says she took charge and she went to the castle and she decided, you know what? No, like this is what I need to do now. And you know, like I I can I can do this. And she she took that lead. So, um. It's kind of cool. I mean, I think that the the contrast that they show, and it just shows the effects that you can have. Like these these champions all created, um, like the starting points for the future champions to kind of uphold. They all came up with. They all like provided something for their people that now like the future champions might not know it but they're actually pretty like strongly influenced by by their elders kind of like by the people who have passed before them so i don't know i just thought that that theme of legacy was really cool like just a really cool thing to talk about like really cool thing that yeah. i was seeing as i was going through um and i think it kind of wraps like the whole idea of this game Aside from, you know, the amazing gameplay <laughs> and cool adventures, um, I think that there was a very strong theme of that, and I appreciate that. Like, I thought that that was, that was really cool. Yeah, I never really thought of it like that, but there's definitely some clear examples, like with, um, you know, Arbus, Ar oh my goodness, Urbosa, Urbosa being the mother <laughs> and, you know, Riju having that, that, bubble of protection and Daruk and Yanobo and how that was kind of like he's protecting as how Daruk was basically he's encompassing and so yeah I never really thought about that to be honest yeah Ravali lifts you up <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean I technically yes <laughs> <laughs> He lifts his people up. All right, we'll, we'll leave it there. For sure. I wouldn't say he lifted Link up. <laughs> no, he, he and Link butted heads. Well, Rivali butted his head against Link for some reason. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, that's it, guys. That's that's Breath of the Wild. <laughs> he took a breath. And it was over. It was a long breath, my guy. <laughs> we, sp <laughs> we spent th uh, 36 weeks on this game. <laughs> the better the better part of a year, <laughs> you know? Um, and there it is. Our watch has ended. Um, 
I guess, uh, I, I, I mean, I, as we approach the end of this episode, uh, some things to share, I guess, um, from now moving forward, uh, at least, you know, for our next game, our next season, which should be no surprise at this point is going to be tears of the kingdom. Um, we are going to be going back to an audio only podcast. Um, so this is, this is just kind of a message for the audience here, but, um, yeah, we, uh, just for the sake of time and stress <laughs> and the amount that goes into making a vodcast versus a podcast, uh, it just makes a lot more sense for us to switch back to pod for this. Uh, we don't want to be spoiling the visuals of things as much for this one. At this point, everyone's kind of been playing Breath of the Wild in anticipation for Tears of the Kingdom and... Honestly, we're not worried about spoiling this game, um, but we do want to be able to discuss how we're going to go through uh, our next one without without doing too much extra work. Uh, so uh, one other thing, uh, we're not going to be doing a standard chapter by chapter format. I know we go chapter by chapter through the game. We state that pretty much at the start of every episode. Uh, for this one, we do not go chapter by chapter through the game. Uh, we are going to adventure on our own path. And we're going to come together uh, regularly to discuss what we've seen, some of the crazier things we found, which means that we might end up spoiling some things in the game for each other. I... Uh, I have given I have given Anthony and Cameron exclusive rights to spoil the next game for me as they play it. So uh that's kinda it's kinda what it's gonna sound like. There's gonna be a cacophony of uh of new adventures and explorations that we've all come across on our own time. Um but I think we, our best segment is gonna be Whoa, look what I made. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, so yeah, our next, our next episode will be our season break. I think we're going to talk about some, you know, any kind of memories we have of previous games being released and kind of how releases used to look <laughs> in the past. Um, and talk, uh, we kind of do a review of our tears of the kingdom predictions, uh, because at that point we will be, we'll be recording probably the week of the release. So, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to that as well. But until then, uh, this has been A for No, B for Yes, and we will catch you on the next episode. Did you get all that? We need to know. 